Welcome back into House of Wrestling, uh, pro wrestling fans. It is me, Nick Hausman, and uh, we are here debuting the latest episode of House of Wrestling on Premier Streaming Network. And maybe you're also listening to us in the House of Wrestling podcast feed. Wherever you're finding us right now, thank you so much for tuning in. I am joined here today by an old friend who you may have remembered from back on the Wink Daily. We used to do the show every Monday, but we're here on Tuesday now, which is still technically the first House of Wrestling of the week. Paul Heyman, maybe Roman Reigns Weissman, but Michael is mine. It is Michael Weissman. Michael, thank you so much for taking the time this morning. I, I love it. We're still kicking off the week. Um, uh, house, I, let's call it the uh, House League. Can we call it that? It used to be the, we go back, Nick, all the way to the Winkley days. Okay. And you, oh, I got true. in trouble because I used to call it the Wrestling Inc. Daily, the Winkley right. for so many, so many months after that. But, um, but yeah, I'm sure. happy to be here and kick off the Wrestling Week with you. And Nick, I know sure. we got a hell of a run sheet to get to today, yeah. but dude, it's been a minute since we've done something like this. Sure. How are you, man? Tell me about your journey. I know you've done podcasts all over the place. I know Paul Hamey, speaking of the wise man, has given you crap in WWE uh, post-show conferences about this. Where are you? How's life? Kicking off your own brand here. What's going on, man? Well, first of all, it's become a thing where... I can't do an interview anymore without like half getting interviewed myself, which is like, I mean, it's like a weird compliment in a way. Cause I guess I've done things that uh, people remember now. Um, I'm having a great time, man. I'm having a great time. Everybody seems to know my name. It's like cheers. I walk into the press scrums. I got Norm drunk over the counter. I know the bar back, right? <laughs> I know that the bar backs flirting with the, uh, the other waitress, right? Florence Henderson? No, it wasn't Florence Henderson. You know who I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Shelly Duvall. Right. Shelly Duvall. Shelley oh, Duvall. no, yeah, Shelly Duvall. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Thank that's you, right. thank you. Yeah, so, no, it's like cheers for me these days. I walk around, I'm fist pumping. The best part of WrestleMania weekend for me, Michael, was I had a lot of people come up, say nice things to me. I do fist bumps now, by the way. If you see me in public and I fist bump you, it's just, it's just I got used to it during the pandemic, and after it being ingrained in my head that if I, you shake hands, you're passing germs, mm -hmm. it's, I'm not pro i'm not as pro handshake as i used to be so a lot of fist but bumps give I me a hug. like if we were in the same space you'd hug me right i'd hug i'd lick your face i don't care we were talking about your underwear before we came on the other day so okay it's it gotta be you, it's, we can hug whatever i'm doing great michael uh, i'm having a very good time how are, are you good how are you doing I'm great dude i'm great I man know. you know it's it's been of course i got a i got a job outside of the pro wrestling world so um that's keeping me busy it's it's lots of fun um, you know, I, I did this thing about a year or so ago, other than Twitter, I kind of like shut down a lot of my social media. I'm not on Facebook hardly at all anymore. I'm not on Instagram. I kind of got over all that. And you know what I found is I have so much more time for myself, um, spending time with loved ones, spending time with friends. Uh, this pro wrestling stuff for me is it's a bonding thing with other friends. And that's why I keep the Twitter piece active, but dude, I'm just in a great space. I picked up a reading habit this year. Um, so I'm trying to get through some books I've lost. 25 pounds in the last couple of years. So I'm great. And Wonderful. It, it feeds me to know you're doing great too. And I, and dude, I cannot tell you how excited I am that you are doing this, your own brand out here um, on the, on the premier streaming network. That's so cool. So your, your joy is my joy as well. I, I hope that everybody listening knows that when we get a couple weeks into the house of wrestling, I'm hoping the conversations, we get to it a little quick. Right now, it's just so, everyone's so sanguine and sad. Oh, so happy. Oh, let's talk about, ah, oh, I get it. I did like 12 podcast efforts at the press release, okay? They all know, Michael. They all, and I can curse on this now because it's my platform. They all fucking know, Michael. They all fucking get it. 
I'm but in two minutes, it's like, fuck you, Nick. We're done with this shit, right? <laughs> oh, fucking get it. I hate Nick you now. Very House happy. Is burning down. No, very happy. They're all very happy. I will try not to curse. I'm not trying to be a sailor over here, but sometimes oh, the appropriate sorry. F will make its way through. All right. Wait, I'm not allowed Jesus. to curse either. I'm sorry. I just dropped we have 45 fucking minutes. All right. We got 40 Is my mom watching this? Because if she's I watching no this, idea. I'm in deep trouble. <laughs> Nor do I care. So we got a big show. We're going to talk all the news here in just a second. Later on in the show, uh, you're going to hear a clip. You're going to see a clip if you're watching this at Premiere, but you're going to hear it if you're on the podcast. Uh, I had a chance to sit down yesterday uh, with Conan. We did a virtual call, of course. We talked for a half an hour. He was getting his dialysis treatment at the time. <laughs> one of the most bizarre interviews I've ever done. Uh, but he's always very, very candid. We love having Conan on here. And there was an, a bit in it uh, that I'm going to play here later on the show um, where he we're talking about the Triple Mania main event. And he reveals something, I think, very interesting about Kenny Omega and his AEW status and his contract status and all of that. So we're going to play that clip here later. We're going to have coverage of this particular clip up on the site later today. And then tomorrow, I'm going to drop the full interview with Conan. It's going to be on the House of Wrestling podcast feed exclusively there and it will be the first piece of content we're going to put uh as our premium content on the feed so for five dollars a month if you go over you can start to get all the uh, interviews we do for the site we'll try to come up with some other uh fun exclusive stuff for the podcast feed as well um and if you really are just like balls to the wall and you know you're going to be supporting house of wrestling all year it's uh fifty dollars for a full year subscription so you save yourself ten dollars so uh go check out the house of wrestling podcast feed tomorrow the conan interview will drop in there in full for our premium content subscribers and then of course we'll have coverage up on the site um but you will all get a little conan here later on all right nothing not, enough of this let's get to news you can use news that will leave a bruise still i see i still say that there it is they yes. can't take that from me yes make it a shirt <laughs> <laughs> Big news this past Friday night. Triple H walks down to the ring and he says, it's time to play the game, everybody. The game of WWE Draft. That's right. The WWE Draft is going to be coming back in a few weeks time. And uh, that was really all the information we were given. So since we don't have a lot of information, it's just going to be kind of takeaways, 10,000 foot views of what we think of the story. Michael, when you hear that the draft is coming back, do you get excited? Do you have thoughts? Do you have do you fantasy book? Like, what, what do you think when you hear the draft is officially coming back? Uh, you know, I've been a little bit burned in recent years, as we all have, by when they did the draft. And then it was the WWE Raw Super Show. Where we're going to bring everybody together. We can do the draft extension where we can um, bring in four superstars at a time from a rival brand and all of that stuff. And there was like a brief moment, I think, whenever uh, SmackDown jumped to Fox, where the divided brands meant something again. And the draft felt special. And they had the Fox robot drafting on one side. And, and so they kind of made it special again. So I still have that old school mentality, though. And I say old school. I mean, it's only been 20 years but i remember the very first wwe draft and how cool that felt back in the day and how radical it was with rick flair on one side and vince mcmahon on the other and so to me the draft always feels sort of special right the change up what could happen next where are we going to go from here uh, I, I i just i don't know where we are with the brands right now like are we really going to stick to it that's my question is no matter where we go with this if we draft people across brands are we going to stick to it and my gut instinct says you know what They've been really disciplined lately about we're going to have Cody Rhodes on Raw more often, right? We're going to tell more of the Roman Reigns stuff on SmackDown with Sami Zayn. And while it's not been a true brand division like it once was, uh, they've been a little more disciplined. So I'm hoping, for me, this means a return to the era of really strict Raw is a very different show than SmackDown. 
I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. I mean, it has become very, very muddled. I mean, even just last night on Raw, we saw the bloodline in the main event taking on Zane. And I think Zane's still on SmackDown. Is he, I think he's still SmackDown. I can't tell. I can't remember anymore. But see, that's the thing is I don't remember anymore. There are several people on the WWE roster right now. I have no idea what brand they're on, right? And I get it. You know, the last time we did the draft was 2001. Um, the pandemic uh, has been kind of going on. I don't know if everyone remembers that. And everything was just thrown into disarray. You mean 2021, right? 2021. Yeah, tw- yeah, 2020. Yeah. What did I say? We did one in 2001. It was just the OG oh, draft. Oh, 2020. Yeah, <laughs> 2021. So there's been a lot going on. It's been really hard to keep up. People coming in and out. You've had to make a lot of last second changes. But we're at a place right now where, you know, you can start to make some plans that you can stick to for a while. And it comes at a really pivotal time for the company. Because obviously... You've got this this merger with UFC on the horizon, Endeavor uh, purchasing WWE. As much as everybody's already talked about how they feel like this thing has already happened, the actual acquisition has, is not completed, to the best of my knowledge. Like, it takes a lot, lawyers, all these people to go through, make an acquisition like this happen. So we're not quite there. But Endeavor is going to have an interest in the TV rights, for sure, obviously, of WWE. And so what you're going to do here is you're going to create these two rosters, and you're going to go out and you're going to sell these two rosters to different platforms, right? Because Endeavor is not like a Fox or an NBC Universal where they're going to take that content in and they're going to put it on their platforms. Endeavor is like, we're going to sell this to the, the highest bidder, just like Nick Khan has been doing here uh, for the past uh, two, three years or so. So you look at ESPN, uh, maybe they try to get back in with Fox, you know, who maybe their streaming platforms like Netflix have been in the conversation, but you're going to have these two products where you're going to say, here's Raw, here's SmackDown, here's on Raw, who's on Raw, here's on SmackDown. You're going to have to go sell these products. And, and I think that that's a reason for them to really kind of take this one a little bit more seriously because based on how you kind of leverage these rosters, there's going to be more value, I would think, in one show versus the other as you start to go shop this stuff around, if that makes sense. Yeah, I yeah. absolutely agree. You know, and you talk about the acquisition. I mean, I think we're talking about possibly an 11 month. These, these things take time and it's got to go right. through regulators and all that stuff. And I think there's maybe bonuses built in if they get it done by like, March next year, which I think falls right before WrestleMania. So this could take a while to progress through. We've still got to keep this product going in the meantime. And yeah, you're right. TV rights are coming up and it's not a built-in deal like it would have been if Peacock had bought it. So Endeavor is different too because they have a very close tie with Disney. Obviously, you look at all the UFC stuff that's on ESPN and um, how that partnership has kind of blossomed, the ESPN Plus platform being over there. So we could be talking about very different suitors coming up here in about a, you know a, a year or so. So them building this out, it, to me, the question is, how do you make these brands feel different enough that if Raw stays on USA, that a Fox, because you remember when Fox first made the bid for SmackDown, they were really big on, we want Ronda Rousey, we want Brock Lesnar, we want this to feel more like a fight show. So how are you going to differentiate the rosters enough that they feel like kind of different products that I'm not going to get the second hand, the watered down version if I'm getting SmackDown versus Raw, yada, yada, yada. And to me, how do you do that when the titles are still unified and you're putting over the WWE Universal Champion as being the end-all be-all unless, and he doesn't make very many appearances this day, the Tribal Chief appears on both shows is that the way we do this the champion is kind of floating he's a floater i mean i, I don't know how you i wherever you put roman's gonna weight the scales it's gonna sure. make that show obviously more important than the other show because they've got the the key champion on it i don't know how you get one of those belts off roman and do a triple threat somebody pins the other guy roman never takes a loss maybe but it is definitely a quagmire that and the tag titles for what it's worth i mean that's that'll be a little bit easier ko sammy you can find a way out of it but 
yeah, untying that knot is going to be really, really difficult. You know, I put this thing out on Twitter earlier when we, we put a poll out talking about the news and uh, people were voting on the draft. You know, right, you know, it's, it, right now, the story everybody's talking about is Triple H versus Vince McMahon. The power struggle, the internal power struggle, this behind the scenes, back and forth. Even just this morning, I was putting out this article over on House of Wrestling about the backstage influence of Vince McMahon and his uh, budding uh, creative prowess or presence again. And, you know, it's there. The, it's more sticky and icky this time than other stories just because of Vince McMahon himself and how much people really hate him. But the way fans are talking about, you know, at least in the bubble we're in, talking about this product, try to make something out of reality and try to make it something that people can all kind of attach themselves to. Uh, you know, Vince Raw, Triple H SmackDown. I mean, you worked with Bischoff and Heyman back in the day. Do you give these two more definitive figureheads that you can kind of play around with? I mean, maybe if it's not Vince, maybe it's Steph or Shane in a in a wheelchair, you know, because the quad. <laughs> I don't know. You know? Oh, man. How many McMahons does it take to tear a quad? So, uh, you know, I guess it all kind of comes down to, for me, right, this is the first time Triple H, if we assume he is still creative director and, and all that chief content officer or whatever, whatever his title is when it comes to the new hierarchy of Endeavor um, or what it will be. How does he what is it, his influence on this draft? Because keep in mind, too, this is the first draft that will take place under the Triple H regime, if we're going to call it that when Triple H inherited the creative control last year. It was under the previous draft, under the previous brand, whatever it was, right? And it was right around SummerSlam. So that could play a factor because I think Triple H is very different than maybe his predecessors. He's a little more old school about things when it comes to if we're going to divide these rosters, we need to make them feel separate and unique. He was the face of Raw during the original days of the original draft back in the early 2000s, right? And it allowed sure. him to kind of take over a brand while at the same time you had Brock Lesnar on SmackDown and The Rock on SmackDown, and it gave both shows a unique enemy. Bischoff gave him the original big gold belt uh, for that brand back whenever, um, you know, I think it was uh, Hulk Hogan or Brock Lesnar took it and made it exclusive to SmackDown. So creative storytelling ways to do that kind of stuff. I think Triple H, though, tends to lean more that way. I think we'll have those brands. I don't, you know, Nick, we talk about Vince McMahon being in the creative sphere right now. And it felt like, to me, Raw was a little bit of an anomaly because he was in town. SmackDown felt different. And I think last night's he Raw was Raw. weird. because Vince wasn't Raw. He was at Stanford. A week ago. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, week, oh week last week. Ago. I'm sorry. Yes. I, I watched Raw this morning. It's fresh. They all bleed together, right? So <laughs> the, the Monday after WrestleMania, when Vince was yeah. there, and right. the scripts were ripped up and restarted multiple times. But Friday night didn't feel as chaotic or misplaced, right? Last night, last night's Raw was weird because of all the travel issues, but it didn't have that same kind of Vince McMahon nitpicking. So it's going to be interesting to see if Vince McMahon can contain himself. And if I'm Endeavor, right? Do I, you got to find ways to kind of put him in a bubble because I know they made the comment you can't have pro wrestling without Vince McMahon or whatever they said. But on the other hand, you've got to have seen the returns of Triple H being in creative control, the returns to sold out houses every week and record pay-per-view runs and um, everything else. You've got to know those business metrics are there and they're a result of Triple H's creative I, control. And I and I got to believe, too, that R. Emanuel, who's you know, obviously as deep as you can get in the entertainment industry and has, I'm sure, eight different assistants that do nothing but sure. pull him news articles about the various things that he has interest in, um, had to have gotten all the reports back on Tuesday about all the headaches. I mean, stuff like all-time low morale. Not a great headline mm -hmm. you want to see for a company mm -hmm. you're just purchasing, right? And then 
The other kicker that happened the Wednesday after Raw was Jay White debuting on AEW. And and look, I'm I like Jay White. I think he's very talented. I don't know that there. I mean, it's a good get for AEW. Is he going to change the game? I don't know. Sure. I, the, the YouTube analytics would say that there was far more interest in other things than Jay White's debut that night. But it's still something where that team can go. We lost this guy because of Vince. This guy we had on the hook. We were coming up with creative for. And I'm not saying this for fact, but I've heard this from various different people and obviously read what everybody else is reading. It looks very much like WWE had Jay White on the hook. We're going to get this acquisition. They're going to look real cool. Maybe have him come into some AJ. Good brothers, more of his little bullet club friends. Who knows? Friend Balor, who's killing it right now on the main roster. But they lost him. They lost him to the competition, right? Mm-hmm. All-time low morale, losing name value talent to your competition that is definitely and almost the competition can rub it in your face the same week you were supposed to rumored to have him tony khan's the first thing he does rubs it in your face i got him instead that's gotta feel embarrassing right it's it's not a good look it's not a good look and i i really think and i've got back to this and i know we're gonna jump to the next thing here in a second but i keep going back to the conspiracy theory i think Dwayne the rock johnson sold ari emmanuel on bailing out vince mcmahon and just said we got to protect Vince. He's one of us. He's one of ours. He's just like us. We got to keep this guy in power. We can't let him get dra- if if they if he if this guy Vince McMahon can get dragged out through the mud, it can happen to us too. With one story gone awry, we have to protect Vince McMahon. And they bring him in and they warm him up. And Ari Emanuel, professional Hollywood person, listening to Carney, pro wrestling person Dwayne the Rock Johnson, I don't know that he necessarily may have expected everything we're getting here in the wonderlust that is Vince McMahon's return. I. I I it looks to me like on a dime Vince McMahon just he had his raw he he walked in he beat all the uh, hornet's nest with a baseball bat and now everybody's covered in stings and would like to get some <laughs> aloe is where we're at right now. They, they you know they put some barriers. I think it's an interesting take to talk about protecting, it, especially with the company that just did kind of go out of their way to protect Dana White after their very public um, uh, mishap with his wife. But you kind of look at uh, what they've done with Vince. They've given him a two-year contract. Yes, he's got lots of power, but it gives them lots. They still have voting rights as a company Endeavor does, right? So it gives them lots of ability to kind of contain him if they need to, I feel like. I think this was more of a, we want this deal to go through. We got to do it with Vince or it might go somewhere else. Got it. Done. Right? But let's keep him contained. And I think if they just, Vince McMahon, just he's going through that twilight old man stage of I want to be involved. I want to, you know, I want to have my say. I want to still feel like I got power. A big company like Endeavor will find ways to give that to him and hopefully compartmentalize him from the destructive tendencies that we have seen in recent years. Well, to put a button here on the draft, one big name we know very much will be involved in the draft, be a huge get for whichever brand gets him is Logan Paul. That's right. Fresh off of a loss from Seth freaking Rollins. He has announced he has renewed his WWE contract and he sparked controversy, Michael, <laughs> controversy right out of the gate. He put up this thing. He puts up this innocuous photo of him getting the finger point from Triple H. I thought nothing of it. I was running. I was <laughs> running the, an article about it. I was like, oh, yeah, this would be interesting. Um, and then all of a sudden, uh, this controversy erupts around Logan Paul. So a lot of people looked at Logan Paul's uh, renewal contract photo, and they said, hey, that kind of looks like his... The photo where he first signed with WWE with a couple of similarities, maybe some Photoshopping going on. Well, here, I'll pull it up, Michael. You can see it here. We can all see it. Let me take the overlay away. So this is the post that Bogan Paul put up. And he said, some people are saying I Photoshopped my new contract for the first time 
I signed or from the first time I signed with WWE. That is untrue. As you can see, my jacket <laughs> is a different color. Stephanie McMahon is nowhere to be found. And Prime is a different flavor. Now, if you're watching us here on the Premier Streaming Network, the only place you can find the video version of House of Wrestling, you can see these photos side by side. If you are listening to us in podcast form, you could go to Logan Paul's Twitter feed. You can see them right now. And I'm going to enlarge them here a little bit. We see the original photo here, Michael. Mm-hmm. Blue mm-hmm. jacket. Like Stephanie it. McMahon. Stephanie's there. Everybody's happy. Hunter's pointing. And then the prime bottle. The prime energy bottle is blue here. Now we go to the second it's blueberry. Photo. It's a great flavor, too. I've had it. It's delicious. I love it. It's a great flavor. Great flavor. Second photo oh, yeah. here. No, it's totally McMahon. different. It's totally, Look, it's, it's totally different. But Hunter is dressed exactly the same, like creepily in the same position. Same jacket. Now it's yellow. Prime drink. Also yellow. And somebody zoomed in real tight at the at, right over that prime there, and it does appear to say blue raspberry on a yellow bottle. So, so I don't know. I I I'm a I'm calling shenanigans on this one, Michael. I think this guy smells like journalists looking for a story. Nick is what it smells like to me. All you fancy journalists wanting to do your improv and everything else here about the <laughs> yes, colors and flavors is. of primes. Yes. <laughs> doing my improv here with my journalism hey look it got the most attention of i ran uh, i think eight articles yesterday on the site this was the most trafficked item of the day i have no i mean i he's I, gonna be I, screwing I like, with us right he's joking here right dude, like i think he did it on purpose i think he did it on purpose knowing everybody would call him out because yep. everybody was gonna maybe a few people talk about the renewal but now everybody's talking about the renewal masterstroke um yeah. all right moving on Moving on. Let's look ahead to a show. It's cool, that- though. Big news. And, uh, you know, I will say this, and we got we to keep moving, but sure. Logan Paul has a huge upside. You've seen what he's done in his short time there already. He is a natural in the ring. I think dude is fighting. I, I think he's world champion in less than five years. I don't know how you feel. World champion in less than five years. I don't know if he needs it. I don't know if he needs a title. He's just an attraction on his own, but we'll see. Um, all right, moving past the draft, we'll look to WWE Backlash. Um, first of all, the Wrestling Observer saying, after his big WrestleMania win, Roman Reigns is not going to be on the Backlash card. But last night, we saw Cody Rhodes officially challenge Brock Lesnar to a match on the show. Uh, and by the way, for what it's worth, Fightful reporting that this feud was planned before Vince McMahon returned and Endeavor announced the purchase of WWE. Brock knew about this more than a month before WrestleMania, decided to stick around just to work with Cody do this. Uh, and lastly here for Backlash, Ray and Bad Bunny versus Dominic Mysterio and Damian Priest seems likely so two big matches but the lack of Roman Reigns how are you feeling here going into backlash all things concerned I, I know we all had so many feelings coming out of Wrestlemania and Cody's big loss and oh man they really screwed the pooch on that one they didn't they had a big moment they lost it um oh they they screwed up a great weekend right and you right. heard Triple H say it over and over in the press conference you were there right you heard him say this which was we're turning the page next day is the next page and I think we really get caught up in the world of like stories have a beginning, middle and ending and TV shows end. And, how you know, how do you top it? Breaking Bad was great. How are they ever going to do better when they do Breaking Call Saul? Better, uh, better Call Saul, right? You kind of sure. always have to up the game. Pro wrestling has to do that the next day. And I, I'm looking at where Cody Rhodes is right now and his promo last night on Raw. And, you know, I'm like, I'm invested in this. I am into Brock Lesnar versus Cody Rhodes. I hope Cody Rhodes can beat Brock Lesnar, and that will be a big win for him. And maybe they feud a couple of months and we could take this to SummerSlam or whatever else. But you look at his path to WrestleMania this year and where he could go in the coming year, and there's a lot of storytelling opportunity ahead of him that could result in him still winning the world title. He has to get a few more big wins. Only guy he beat coming at really coming into this previous title match 
was Seth Rollins. That was his big win. One year in the company, right? But you, yeah, you but he beat him like eight. Like, he beat him like eighteen times in a row. I mean, he he beat the he beat the piss out of Seth Rollins. You know, it's true. With a broken peck, a broken freaking peck, right? So uh, you, you kind of look at this, and I think, okay, I kind of see where they're going with Cody Rhodes. This is an interesting match to me. It's a first-time match. It's a big deal. Cody Rhodes still feels like a huge star. Brock Lesnar back in his heel mode. I, I'm into this match, and I think it's going to be a great main event, especially considering we're not going to have a world title match. This feels like great filler for two huge stars. Yeah, I, and look, I don't hate it. Uh, it's surprising, right? I mean, there were a lot of people that were uh, pretty convinced Brock was going to leave after WrestleMania, as he does every year, as Paul Heyman called out on the microphone. Here he is helping WWE get things going after WrestleMania. I wonder I wonder uh, if there was not some kind of full circle moment for Brock and all this that really brought him to the table. And I mean that because if you go back and watch the 2012 uh, WWE Extreme Rules, uh, you will find a Brock Lesnar hot off of a UFC heavyweight championship run coming back to go heads up against John Cena. And you know what happened to that match? He beat the crap out of John Cena. He beat but the crap then, out of him. Then Cena beat him. Cena beat John uh, Brock Lesnar. He stood tall over Brock Lesnar. Part of that match was the steel steps in the middle of the ring where John Cena took Brock and dropped him right across the steel steps with the F5 and pinned him on the steps, right in front of the steps. I forget exactly how it was. Flash forward. Here's Brock Lesnar. They're like, hey, hey, Brock, now you're one of ours. You can beat the piss out of the outside guy and leave him laying here. And it was just the, the visualization, like watching back the beating he gave Cody Rhodes. It, it, if you go back and you watch that extreme rules, 2012, very, very reminiscent. There's a lot of message sending going on here. I think with Cody Rhodes, there's stories, there's layers. There's a lot of layers going on here. So I think it's just a appropriate fruit feud for Brock and I think that I think that this may personally mean kind of something to him to get to to do this with Cody in a lot of ways. I think it's a great take. Well, and I think too, you look at where Cody Rhodes is coming off of that loss, and he still feels like a big star. Uh, they they've got to make sure they protect. He can lose. I mean, I think Cody Rhodes could easily lose to Brock Lesnar if he comes back to beat him at some point in the future, right? right. But. What you need right now is if you're going to have a part-time champion like Roman Reigns, who's earned that spot, I get it. You've got to have guys like Cody Rhodes and Brock Lesnar who can carry the top of the card and make it still feel like a huge freaking match, even when there's not a title involved. And this absolutely feels like that. And I think we look at where, where we're going in the next year with this company, with the draft, with everything else. And I still feel like Cody Rhodes right there in the driver's seat. And it's the question of, who else are we going to pull in to make this interesting as his journey continues? How do we keep Brock Lesnar? I mean, the question for me coming out of Mania was, what do you do with Brock? He's kind of done all these things now. This is great. I'm so into Brock Lesnar right now, right? And so this is where you see Triple H's influence the most to me is in storytelling beats like this to keep me hooked that I think previous regime would have really botched the execution of this. So Roman's not going to be on the show. We kind of glossed over that. Roman is mm -hmm. off this card, but it doesn't really feel like it needs it. I mean, you've got no. bad. It looks like you've got bad bunny, Puerto Rican hero, uh, teaming up with Rey Mysterio, Latin American hero to take mm -hmm. on uh, Damian Priest, Puerto Rican villain, I guess. And um, Dominic Mysterio, who arguably has more heat than anybody else in all of pro wrestling right now. I I know. <laughs> Nobody is getting the kind of heat that Dominic Mysterio gets right now. Am I wrong? 
Tell me I'm wrong. No, you're absolutely. This dude is like, people hate him. They hate him. And they love Rhea, but they hate him. <laughs> they hate him. And, you know, I, I get into this with Conan in the full interview tomorrow, but I got into a couple people on Twitter as well. I know over the weekend, the debate of, is Dominic Mysterio a better heel than MJF? I am convinced that he is because Max can't, he'll go in, he'll piss on your face. He'll, he'll stab you, but then has to do something like an upbeat pop number yep. or like advocate for some social justice cause, which I'm not saying there's anything wrong. Right. I, I yeah. obviously agree with all the things that Max is advocating for on that end of the spectrum, but Dominic is not going out there doing any of that. Dominic's yep. just going out there. He's just, trying to emasculate his father and you know mjf well i'm going on this tangent mjf, MJF is still charming like he's still a charming guy charming. that like right he cheats but he's he being che a jerk he cheats and wins okay max cheats and wins dom cheats and loses quite a bit <laughs> and that is like he screwed up last night on raw right yeah. you know that that's what makes him such a like he's unlikable Keep and your name he, out of my mouth. Yeah. When you when Max walks over to somebody in the crowd, it's like he's probably gonna slap you or throw your backpack across the room. When Dom is crawling his way over to you, asking you, "Can you please help me against my deadbeat father?" and the fan says no, the fan looks cool. The fan can high five his mom and friends around him and say, "Do you see how I got one over on Dominic Mysterio?" Because that's what a good heel does. A good heel does not make a fan feel genuinely bad and not want to come back to a show because the fan feels they got one over they got they got one over on on them by whoever the heel was. Just a little bit of very subtle psychology that I learned in my years in independent wrestling. So I get so finicky about my heat because Dom gets heat the right way. I don't always agree with the way Max is getting heat these uh, yeah. these days. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I see that. And well, I also think too that shtick, the, the Max shtick kind of runs itself thin after a while because you know what to expect from it. And to me, it's like even with Dom, there are ways to keep that fun and interesting because you're playing with the crowd in a playful way. I mean, it's right. that's what the Miz has done for however long, right? Like sure. part of his longevity is just pulling that exact kind of chicken shit heel kind of stuff, right? And so I love this. And I love this pairing because we, yes, we did just see Ray and Dominic at the last pay-per-view. But what I think is really cool is it doesn't feel like pandering. We're going to Puerto Rico. We're taking a huge star like Bad Bunny. We're going to put him out there, a fun tag match, putting Damian Priest out there with him. And it feels like a, a continuation of their story from, and you heard this that I think it was last week or maybe it was a mania, a year and a half ago or, a year ago at Mania, was it just a year ago or was it two years ago that him and Priest teamed up? But they're still building on that story for this feud, right? And so, yeah, three years ago, when was the last draft? How old are we now? Um, so it's it's wonderful. I, I love this. And this feels like a big deal match. If you're not in a bad bunny, you're not in this storyline. You got the classic Brock Lesnar, Cody Rhodes, old school wrestling. But this is a great addition as well. Here, here's here. I'll put I'll put a pin on this. I'm going to I'm going to finish with some fantasy booking here. OK. Bad Bunny Ray Mysterio over Dom and Priest in Puerto Rico, right? I think that's great. Then, off of a WrestleMania victory, off of a WWE Backlash victory, I would put Ray Mysterio up against Roman, uh, king of whatever, the king and queen of the ring they're going to do in Saudi yeah. like three weeks later. Makes a ton of sense. Ray Mysterio versus Roman. He's a believable individual that... Maybe has a shot, but also it's just kind of unique. We haven't really seen him and Roman do too much quite yet. And Dom can cost his father that match sure. and get sure. even more heat. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's where I want to see right now, Michael. I love that. I love that booking. It wouldn't take long to build to it. So you could 
pull the trigger on that. My question about all of this, though, Nick, is sure. we're in a great spot with Dom right now. Love it. Where is Dom going to go once this stuff with his father wraps up? And listen, he's made a believer out of me because when he first came on the scene as a tag team partner of his dad, I was like, all right, we're going to see how this goes. But I love the dude. He's, it's compelling stuff. Great segments behind the scenes. But you got to do something after this stuff with his dad. And I just don't see what that is yet. But hey, maybe they'll surprise and, and, hey, and that's, you know, I think it's a good problem to have, Michael, because we do have, I think, at least until SummerSlam with these two. I think this yeah. might all come to a head at SummerSlam. Um, I don't worry about that because, again, I think psychologically, Dom, I think he gets it. I think he just gets it in a way that a lot of people his age don't get it. It's probably because of the, the kind of people he surrounds himself with. I know I was talking to Conan. It had to be like a year ago when I, when he when Dom started really kind of, you know, changing up the the way he was doing things. I think it was, yeah, maybe the, not quite a year because he's been with the Judgment Day about what ten months, nine, ten months now. Been, yeah, been a yeah, chunk like of change. Yeah. But when he started becoming healed, Conan was telling me how he told Dom to uh, act like all the heels that he always really hated, and Dom really is like connects with Eddie Guerrero. He loves Eddie Guerrero. That style of being a heel. There's a lot of depth there with him and Eddie Guerrero and if you watch the way Dom talks the way he walks he's a lot more like Eddie than his dad in my opinion and that that is good in the sense that Eddie Guerrero was able to tell a lot of stories very very good stories with a lot of people I think I think getting that heat out of the gate with your dad is great retire your dad whoever wants to step up and get Dominic's face or being the one to send his dad off whatever it may be is I think they're going to be fine. I, I think you can, I think you, I, I can see the leap from one leapfrog or one patty to the other. I dig yeah. it. Yeah. You're a great comparison there. And we, we know the classic story of the paternity test of Dominic Mysterio. So, hey, know. should have been his dad. He said it himself. <laughs> I asked him at the rumble about it. I was like, you wish Eddie had won and taken custody. He's like, hell yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll get to Conan here in just a second. Before we get to Conan, I have one last story I wanted to talk about. This is one that's got a lot of people talking. Matt Hardy went on to his podcast. Um, and he's uh, not his podcast. I'm sorry. This was on Isaiah Cassidy's vlog where they eat sandwiches or whatever they're doing. I was surprised. Whatever. Matt's sitting here eating the sandwich with Isaiah. And Isaiah asked him about Jeff. And Matt's very candid. He said, Jeff just got this eye surgery. There's photos out there with this, you know, gimmick over his eye where he just got the surgery. He's about six to eight weeks away from that being healed. And when he is healed, he will be hopefully cleared to wrestle shortly after that. For those that don't know the whole story of Jeff Hardy, obviously he got popped for that DUI late last year, or not late last year, just last year. The case, uh, the trial, uh, did not manifest. Um, he uh, it was dismissed or let go in February of this past year after he... It was a, a no-low contendary plea. So yeah, I, think, I think it was some kind of plea deal, basically. He <laughs> said he pleads guilty, but he says he didn't do it like on purpose yeah. or for whatever the reason they say. Regardless, it's over. The, that that legal issue is behind him. He was issued uh, uh, 38 days in prison or jail, and he'd already served time in jail, so they didn't even send him off to jail. Just left. It's behind him. So he doesn't have any legal issues hanging over his head. Uh, Tony Khan explicitly said in the message after Jeff uh, got popped for the DUI that he, Jeff can't come back until he's gone through some kind of treatment program. So Matt here saying Jeff could come back to AEW TV six to eight weeks after he gets cleared for the eyes surgery that means that yeah he got through the legal issues that means that he probably has gone to go get treatment or else tony wouldn't be considering this and we might be actually seeing jeff hardy back in the aw fold how do you feel about the possibility of that happening here uh in the next two three months um 
yeah, and also I believe rehab was also a, a stipulation around that that well, treatment plea he made. Yes. Treatment is is. Uh, I don't think everybody likes the term rehab anymore. It's treatment. Oh, sure, sure. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Treatment. Yes, yeah, sir. Thank you. Um, yeah, so, so treatment was, was part of that a deal as well he made about the, the plea deal. So it seems like that's going to happen. And that was my big concern for Jeff is always the health of the individual uh, before the health of the wrestler, right? Because mm-hmm. as a wrestler, whatever else we love him, he's entertaining. But if he can't maintain himself, it turns into another tragic story. And we've had so many near misses with Jeff over the years. Right. He's been so beloved by so many fans. He's so talented. And we've seen him always ascend to that peak. And then when he's there, it hits him again. When he's there, it hits him again multiple times in the last 15 years, um, 20 years, however long it's been. But I, I'm glad that it seems like he's he's getting some support. Um, you know, I just wonder what is what is Tony Khan going to do with Jeff? Because are, are, are you gun shy about pulling the trigger with him because of, of the issues? How much leeway? Is he still a potential world title contender in that company? Is he just a tag team fodder? Um, that roster is in a really weird space overall for me anyway. And um, I just I, I'm always excited to see Jeff Hardy because I'm an Attitude Era fan through and through. But seeing Jeff Hardy in AEW right now, I just don't know what that does for me. Yeah. You know, I, I'm of two minds. One, I obviously a little trepidatious because Jeff has come back and relapsed and come back and relapsed more than a couple times now. Um, so is it a good space for him to be in? Maybe he should walk away from pro wrestling, but you can't make people's decisions for them. If he's done everything that was asked to be done of him and he can go and he can make money and not cause a problem for AEW. Tony Khan would be kind of foolish not to use him, right? I mean, you got this Wembley show coming up in just a few months. You got to sell 50,000 tickets, right? Jeff Hardy hasn't been seen on TV in like a year. The get the idea of getting the Hardys back together, you get Hardys FTR, Hardys Young, Hardys Young Bucks, Hardys Private Party, whoever. Sure, like the Hardys sure, sure. is a great draw for that. And, and to that end, I saw Dax Harwood's comments where he's like, you want to sell 50,000 tickets? FTR and CM Punk versus the Elite. I love that. Uh, I do think there is a possibility Punk is back in the fold here in the not-too-distant future. I mean, if look, Hardy, how ironic, by the way, CM Punk and Jeff Hardy, two guys who love each other historically. But those two names, <laughs> um, those two names back in the fold, coming back into the product, big show, 50,000 people, if they can pull it off, that could be a, a – I don't know that they need a reset. I mean, I actually should say, I think they do. I think that there's this looming – kind of shadow over AEW in the wake, even still of what happened at All Out. And if they can really all get back on the same page, put on a unified, strong program, all the talents there, 50,000 screaming fans, that would be a big reset. And I think it's something that they would like to do, and, and maybe they do need a little bit right now. Here's what I think AEW is sincerely lacking. And honestly, I've you know I've been hot and cold in the product for quite some time, and I don't want to blame MJF, but the MJF title run has not done it for me. Um I was watching their show last week. It felt like we're putting some pieces back in place here, but it seems like since all out, and I hate to go back to that, but since all out, there has not been any kind of senior leadership out there in there. Now, Daniel Bryan is great. Love Daniel Bryan. Right. And, and his feud with MJF was what it was, but, CM Punk centered and focused that roster around somebody who has been in the business a long time, right? In a way that I Moxley did that to a certain extent for that brand. Um, and I, I think maybe somebody like Jeff Hardy can bring some of that credibility in if Tony Khan can use it the right way. I, I think, you know, guys like Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, they should be doing some of that, but they've been so kind of side story with their trios belt run and doing their own thing over here in isolation. 
it's just felt a little bit like we're watching the best of these, all these great indie wrestlers that Tony Khan brought together. And I just think if we can, a guy like Jeff Hardy, I know tag team wrestling, but maybe you put him in some important singles feuds to really amp it up a little bit. It could be fun. I don't know. Maybe it's what the company needs right now. Well, we were talking a little bit about Kenny Omega and all this. It's a great segue here. I'm going to play this clip now from my interview I did with Conan. Uh, again, we'll have some highlights up on the site here later today. The full interview will drop in the House of Wrestling podcast feed tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Eastern, for our premium content subscribers. Um, but here he is. This is a clip from the interview where Conan and I, we start talking about Triple Mania and the main event, and we end talking about Kenny Omega. So let me see if I can pull this up Talk about the main event here from WrestleMania. I want to talk about the main event real quick, Triple Mania. Just was announced today. Uh, EO Del Vikingo, or Vikingo versus Commander versus Rich Swan versus Swerve. Strickland here. Uh, talk to me a little bit about you know this match, why you decided this should be the one to headline AAA's biggest show of the year. Well, originally we were going to bring in Omega, but he was still negotiating with AEW, and he wasn't sure if he was going to stay or not. Oh, wow. So okay. we, we couldn't commit. And um, uh, you know, and he didn't want to commit until he signed. So that that was out the window. Boom. And then after that we had, we asked to for a couple people from AEW, they weren't available. Then we had some, uh, another guy, and he was hurt. And so, basically, what we got was Swerve, which I have no problem with because he may not have the name value of other people, but he's an incredible wrestler because I was with him in Lucha Underground. And um, Ricochet had actually recommended him to me. And um, so, I think that, um, you know, the match will be great because Rich Swan is great. So you got one guy from AW, one guy from Impact, and then you got Commander, who I think you've already seen. Oh, yeah. He didn't have the best match with Sammy Guevara, but he's incredible. And I think the match will be great. So wait, real quick, just to clarify. So Kenny was waiting, didn't know if he was going to sign. Has he since re-signed and then it was just too late for you to make the match or no? I'm assuming I never really asked him, but there's plans for him in the future. So I'm thinking he already signed, you know, um, uh, but, you know, he wasn't sure if he was going to stay and, and WWE was talking with him, you know, so I, we couldn't get him to commit. All right, Michael. So there you go. That was the clip. I have a half hour. That was 90 seconds of a half hour interview with Conan that is exceptionally candid. Again, I, I highly encourage you to go check it out tomorrow. Um, what are your takeaways from what Conan told me there, Michael? You know what? I have to kind of have a feeling about this like I did the J.Y. situation. I think Kenny Omega is a bigger loss. But if it is true that Kenny Omega resigned and we're talking about his contract coming up here in the next year, I have to believe part of it is the sale, the Vince McMahon influence. Um, this dude has not got endless left on his career. He's in great shape, but he's been beat up over the years. And, you know, maybe this is his, he's talked about, hinted at, this could be one of his last contracts he signs. It's right. a big loss. And Jay White, a loss, sure. Not getting Kenny Omega in that brand. Man, Kenny Omega, Roman Reigns, there would be nothing bigger in the world right now you could do. Um, yeah, that feels like a big sting. And I have to think, Nick, it's the Vince McMahon um, elephant in the room. Agreed. And, you know, I I guess it's not terribly surprising your Kenny wasn't, like, positive, right? Because there's, like, a huge money offer on the other side of the table. Why wouldn't you consider it? You know, one of the things that uh, I, I talked to somebody recently about with Cody was how WWE was able to court him and how much he, how great his deal was. Uh, and he had to get a lot of money to send the signal that if you're an AEW guy, you come over here, even after all your success, you may not still succeed at the top level. Very interesting, but a, uh, 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 layered storytelling there. 
Um, but yeah, I, I, I just thought it was an interesting little insight. We'd heard it reported that, you know, Kenny wasn't necessarily hundred percent like pot committed to coming straight back to AEW or re-signing on the dotted line. And here we have Conan, uh, telling us the same thing, uh, on the record. So there you go, man. Right. Wow. Wild. Full thing tomorrow. Wow. We got more to go. That was just a little snippet, everybody. Uh, all right. Well, we will wrap it up here for today. Like I said, that Conan interview in full tomorrow house of wrestling podcast feed, $5 to become a premium content subscriber. We're going to start dropping all the interviews there exclusively in audio form. Uh, I don't even think we're going to do the YouTube channel. I, I don't even want to bother. We'll do video for Premier Streaming Network. You can catch us Tuesday and Thursday here on Premier Streaming Network for the latest episodes of House of Wrestling. But all that other content, all that audio content, all that sweet interview, all that nice, nice houseman that you like, you got to go over to the House of Wrestling podcast feed. And speaking of House of YouTube Wrestling, YouTube is out. This Thursday, Premier out, Streaming in. YouTube. Well, I don't want to say out. I mean, we're, we're figuring it out. It's one step at a time. <laughs> but anyway. Isa, uh, Isa Ramos, uh, New York City Demon Diva over on Twitter. She'll be on the show uh, this Thursday, noon Eastern on Premier Streaming Network, just like today. And then right after the show, you can go find us over on the House of Wrestling podcast feed. The House of Wrestling is always free on the podcast feed. You get two free shows a week. Anything else beyond that, that's all that fi- sweet, sweet $5 premium, premium content subscription uh, service there. Um, also, speaking of uh, pro, uh, Premier Streaming Network, I was, of course, at WrestleMania 39. I participated in Media Row. I got over 18, or I got 18 interviews with more than two dozen WWE superstars. Uh, it was a great haul, and all of that interview content is up exclusively over on Premier Streaming Network. So while you're checking out House of Wrestling, be sure to check those out as well. Michael, anything you want to plug, promote, plug, promote, put over here before we wrap up the show today? No, I'll just say, uh, Nick, thank you so much for bringing me on. This is a great conversation. It's great to be back in the saddle. It's just like, you know, feels like riding a bike, right? You just get back on the saddle. We're good to go. Yeah. Um, so appreciate you letting me kind of kick things off here with your regular kind of weekly mixed, show. Kind of mixed metaphors there. You get you, you get back on the saddle when you get on a horse. You don't get back on What's the, the bike. bicycle saddle. You can a bicycle saddle. Is, right? is it? I, 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 Who am I, I hangman at a page? I don't ride a horse. Come on. Come you on. said that, and I imagined a bicycle with like a horse saddle. I was like, the F kind of bicycle is Michael riding these days? Like, oh. it's, it's a bicycle seat. I don't think they call it a bicycle saddle. Well, never, they don't, but I do. I've yeah, this show, ever, this house is burning down already. Episode one, Nick. All right. What was that? Are we allowed to cuss? You can say okay. a curse if no. you'd like. You can. <laughs> I've loved this, Nick. Thank it, you so it, much. Only thing I'll yeah. say, um, if you want to follow me, Mix Metaphor Michael over on Twitter, I am at the Real Wiseman. Triple M here, Mix Metaphor Michael. I like that. Well, that might I be an at- actual gang sign. Maybe we should. Oh, that, don't, don't, don't do that. that up don't do that. <laughs> I am at Nick underscore Houseman on, on Twitter. We are at Wrestling House over on Twitter. Uh, thank you so much for visiting House of Wrestling. Please come back anytime. <laughs>